just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen 16 episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is Season 1, Episode 16, Merry Go Round Whores. Oh, (laughs) shit. Season 1, episode 16. <laughs> the first cut is the deepest. Luke, you mind if we get a few words before your first game? Yeah, we're going to put it on the internet. Ravenshoops.com. Yeah, we're going to have a webcast and everything. What the hell is this? Well, we have this website. Yeah, we're sports announcers. Not in here, you're not. The locker room's closed. No media. Dude, did you hear that? We're media. So welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is Season 1, Episode 16, The First Cut. Is the deepest, Dom. We're here. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm living. I'm. I feel like 2020 is a merry-go-round itself. It, it's got a little bit crazy, hasn't it? 2020 sure has. I mean, I, I don't know how it is in the rest of the world, but currently in the UK, we're about to go into our second uh, lockdown for COVID. It is also election day. At this moment in time, it is incredibly close between Trump and Biden. It is literally could go either way. It's funny that by the time this is released, one of them will be president. Hopefully, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> or an independent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just give it to some random now. Give it to Dan Scott. That's yeah. what I say. Or Keith Scott. Keith. <laughs> give it to. Give it to Whitey. There we go. He's about the same age as them. I I knew he was going to say that. To be fair, he's he... probably he's probably younger. <laughs> I think I think Biden's seventy seven. Uh, Trump is like seventy four. Yeah, and, and by the time like they've done their term, they'll they'll be, well, Biden will be like eighty one or something like that, after his first term. It's crazy. If if he wins, it's still a big yeah. if at the moment, isn't it? It's crazy. Mad. Crazy times. Crazy times. Where's Big Chad? But where is he? Yeah, yeah. where's where's Big Chad in all the, this? Step up to the plate, Chad. We need you in the office. Well, Simon needs you in the office. <laughs> so, Dom, big episode, big big episode, good one. Uh, I'm spoiling my judgments already. Enjoyed this one. <laughs> I enjoyed this one a lot. Where where would you like to begin? Well, actually, before we begin anywhere, let's dive into some Instagram messages. We've uh, we've been getting crazy feedback. Magdalena is taking this to a whole different level. <laughs> like it's it's brilliant. I love it. Uh, the the notes are thorough and long, and uh, I said I'd share them with you on the podcast. 
I, it's getting to a point where I'm getting nervous. Like, do you remember like the Eminem stand video? <laughs> she's like, she's gonna come for you, or she's gonna be dressed completely as you one day. I think she's gonna be dressed as you, but I think I'm gonna end up duct taped in the boot of her car, <laughs> going over a bridge, or <laughs> saying Dom was right, <laughs> or she'll turn up dressed as me, in replace of me. So it'd be you and her, you and Magdalena doing the podcast from, let, let's say, by the time this goes out, from about episode 20. <laughs> and you're actually duct tape in the in the boot of the car going over the bridge. At least I survive in this one. <laughs> That's a scenario you can enjoy. <laughs> nah, we're just joking. I, uh, we, Magdalena, we love it. We love the interaction and engaging with, with listeners. Um, so please... People, send this stuff in. We love it. Okay, the first part was, um, she's talking about listening to our last episode. Oh, no, the episode we just put out, which we're like three or four ahead. I think we just put out episode 12, and someone had written in and said that we should, I should let you know about the OTH Music website, and that it's a good resource for finding more out about the music, and we know that you love the music. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was a really good suggestion. And you told me you were going to check it out for spoilers just in case. Right. So Magdalene said, got to the part when someone recommended the OTH music website for Dom. Now, this next part is in all capitals. Do not send it to him. It's literally spoiler central, especially if you're looking by episodes. It has general description of what happens in each episode and then under each song has a description of which scene the song is playing in. I heard you read that person's suggestion and literally almost panicked, being like, that's the worst idea. Shots fired, firstly, from listener to listener from (laughs) whoever wrote this in originally. Let's not start a civil war here. We're all friends. We're all ravens. It's all okay. (laughs) Ravens! Let's make this as as friendly as possible. <laughs> but abort mission. <laughs> the OTH music website is part of a big fan-hosted OTH website. And the music one is one of the extensions as well as a style one they have. And they're all great. I've always been going to the music and style one since I can remember. But the majority uh, have spoilers. Um, so not great for Dom. And I was like, cool, no worries, all good. I said I hadn't sent it to you. You're spoiler-free, aren't you, Dom? I am totally spoiler-free. She continues. (laughs) Just generally about her shock and how she wants to keep it spoiler-free. She also can't wait for your reaction for the whitey reveal of him in his cowboy outfits. Oh, yeah, I love that. You, You showed me a couple when we were last podcasting. She also went on to say that so she writes notes while she's listening to the podcast. That's that's awesome. Just so so she can give us as much like feedback as possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As she said, one of the first things she'd put in her notes from last week was um, mentioning you, Dom, your attention to detail regarding Lucas had never been to Brooks' house before or Gabe's pills and. Uh, she feels the same way as I do that after watching the show multiple times that you don't sort of notice all of this stuff. So it's really cool that 
you have that attention to detail and you kind of overanalyze things, but in like a cool way, you know? Not not a creepy way, a good way, right? You are a bit creepy. So. <laughs> and then she went on to say about how Sophia Bush was in an episode of Nip Tuck before One Tree Hill. And that episode had some like raunchy scenes in it. She's even sent a screenshot of Sophia Bush in a compromising situation. Uh, it looks like she's potentially about to embark in a threesome um, oh, with a guy and another girl. And she is shirtless in it, but like facing away from camera. Uh, so, you, you know, it's like her back. But it's very clearly her. I think the point being that, you know, she was doing that, you know, pre One Tree Hill, like in scenes like that. So potentially maybe it, it was her in those scenes. So possibly not a body double. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. But I still believe it is a body double because why would they have not put her face in? I, I believe it's her. I totally believe it was Sophia Bush. Totally. I reckon she did this episode of Nip Tuck and then was like, nah, it was a mistake. I'm never doing it again. Body double. She agrees with me about the whole interaction we had about the river court, about the piece of the river court. She agrees with me on that one, not you for once, uh, that, you know, um, she would want that piece of river court. Uh, I'd just like to point out and have a little side mention here about that bit of river court that you were going on about it for quite some time. Uh, and I said, instead of focusing your energy into gaining this tiny piece of concrete that would probably cost over $300, it was invest that time and that energy in- into preparing for your soon-to-be-born child. Now, if someone can't agree with that, then then I'm quite surprised. I'm quite shocked at that. And And the fact that you're not willing to do that for a bit of concrete basically means that you're not invested in this child. So, I'm big enough to admit that. <laughs> like, tell thank me something God, I don't know, thank Dom. God, your wife doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> All I'm saying is, if I have to make a choice, I'm confident in which way I'm going to go. Oh my God! So. <laughs> One can give me love that is unparalleled and, you know, the other is a child. So <laughs> I'm joking. I'm incredibly excited to be a father. Of course, of course. And I'm lucky. I already have a piece. I already have a piece of River Court. Thank, thank the, my lucky stars. But, um, you know, I think potentially getting a second piece at some point and being able to gift it to them like a birthstone <laughs> that's the piece of the river core your birthstone was thing that I could do. your birthstone was concrete <laughs> here you go it's tarmac but... <laughs> it's a bit of road they'll understand <laughs> um, so there's loads of other things uh, here as well but something that um, I'll just we'll touch on is Magdalena was saying that she watched One Tree Hill from the beginning, like as in when it came out in real time. Um, And she feels that therefore it has like an even a more special place for her. But she, when other people watch the show later, like as in you or me even, because I watched it like uh, seven years after it originally aired or something like that. 
for the pilot anyway, that uh, she finds it like shocking or crazy that people can be that invested into it without watching it in real time. I think it just shows the power of the show and, and binging uh, and streaming services make that more of a thing for loads of different shows. Like it becomes, they're more accessible. Uh, what were what your thoughts on that, Dom? I think there are themes in the show that uh, are going to always be relevant, aren't there? It's always going to be, although there are some elements that might feel dated, like any of the technology, looking at the computers, you're looking at the phones and stuff like that. It's actually the themes of the show and the relationships in the show that are um, universal and timeless. So the, the, the series could live on for a very, very long time uh, based on that alone. So Magdalena, thank you. Keep reaching out. We love it. We love it. You know we're just joking around with you. We know that you're not going to murder us, but we enjoy it. If you were going to murder us, we know that you'd be able to stage a good crime scene we know you love your true crime podcast. So I do sleep nervously, but it's fine. <laughs> we also had Merrin uh, reach out on Instagram and said that she couldn't believe we missed out uh her favorite line from the you know the scott family dinner that was the other part of the dead body adventure episode when uh royal asked nathan about how his knees are doing and uh hayley says oh he's got great knees <laughs> that was a really good moment yeah good times and then dom we've also had paul johansson dan scott himself uh he he follows us on the gram. He commented on a picture that we put up in promotion for that episode saying he has a great story to tell about filming that scene, like that Scott dinner family scene. Uh, so I've asked him, when is he coming on to share this story? And uh, he hasn't got back to me yet. But I'm confident that he will be on this podcast and we will get that exclusive. Excellent. I cannot wait for that. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Are we going to have think... to make Paul Johansson do the old raise your right hand and you swear to not ruin it for me and uh, and reveal any spoilers? Yeah, I I, have, I believe so. And I think it... I'm going to have to ask you to earmuff right at the beginning just for the first like minute so I can say, in case he comes on and it's like, hey, good times, everyone. Remember when I did this? Like, I, you know. <laughs> Remember in episode one? Um, episode one. remember in season one episode 17 when my character died <laughs> <laughs> oh god does that happen i can't say no <laughs> at least if at least if you got spoiled by him it would be a good person to be spoiled by it would fit his character yeah true yeah <laughs> like you bastard <laughs> you ruined it all <laughs> uh this episode so thank you everyone for reaching out please keep doing so on the email, on Instagram, on Patreon. Our Patreon's really taking off. Um, we're getting loads of uh, new support on there and it's building up a really nice community on there. We're sharing uh, other things as well, not even just podcasts. I wrote a... Uh, I don't even know if I sent it to you, Dom. I you didn't. wrote something. But I have now seen it. Oh, yes, because you have joined the Patreon <laughs> yeah, yourself. I've joined it just to uh, make sure I'm, I'm staying up to date with all the things you're putting out there. Because I have, I have no idea what content you put out there. So 
Um, I have Most to, I have it, to make I sure think... that you you haven't got this whole page of insulting me. Like my pictures up there with like like on dartboards, and you're throwing things at me, and it's like pin the pin the tail on the dom, and all sorts of silly games <laughs> that you've created pin around we... my face. We don't call it pin the tail on the dom. We call it pin the tail on the douchebag. But uh, you're close, close enough. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> We love you, Dom. It would only ever be shrines to you. I've got my Chad Michael Murray paper mache head shrine, and then right next to it is a shrine of you. Nice. <laughs> that's not creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's that's awesome. Well, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna read it to you, um, but that, that's perfect. So as we put, uh, I wrote a high flyers thing and put it on the Patreon, and I think. That was kind of just, uh, it was in my mind, so I just put it on there. But if there's any other things like that, then we would, we'll share things like that, as well as our additional bonus content. Um, And, you know, we've got loads of movies for the Mighty 90s Wheel as well now, chosen by our patrons. So we're looking forward to getting stuck in in all of those. Um, But this is also a great place on the Patreon where people can share their own stories. And we had a lot of, uh, comments and conversations surrounding our latest bonus episode that was uh, around the Mark Schwann uh, controversy and you know that sad situation and uh, it sparked a lot of really interesting uh, conversations so we'll keep adding things like that and you can check it out on ravenshoops.net why Dom? because basketballs go through hoops and nets that's right, ravenshoops.net. What did you think of the Patreon, Dom, as you just signed up today? Oh, yeah, I really liked it. Loved it. I thought it was um, really good. Some good content on there. Obviously, it's got all the bonuses. And I've obviously heard them before. We we share them between us, but I thought it would be nice if I could see what everyone else is seeing. And it was nice to be able to read the comments because you can't read any of the comments if you're not a member. So it's good to be a member anyway because then I can you know float around and look at um other other patreon accounts as well like the it takes three network have a flick through theirs and you know maybe sign up to some of their stuff and have a listen to some of their content as well yeah awesome very cool very very cool indeed so where shall we begin with episode 16 well um do we want to begin with I actually think the adults story is slightly more um, interesting is not the right word, but is like fresher because mm-hmm. um, I have to say there's a couple of predictions that I made uh, and one in particular that was like bang on, absolutely bang <laughs> on. I already know what you're yeah. <laughs> which which we'll come to I think in a, in a little while when we cover uh Keith in particular. So should we start with Brooke? Should we should we kind of do Brooke and mm. then lead into Peyton and Lucas? Yeah. And then we We could... don't often we don't often start with Brooke, so that's good. I like that. And I think she had a really good episode. Yeah. Uh and and a tough episode. Yeah. <laughs> It was. I mean, she started right at the beginning with giving like uh, the death stares, wasn't it? It was very slow motion. 
uh, at Peyton um, in in the high school. For some reason, it reminded me of Face Off. <laughs> like, yeah, I thought she was suddenly going to, like, cast a Troy out the two, like, gold hand guns and, like, dive into a plane hanger and shoot cl- empty clips into Peyton. Just doves everywhere. John Woo appears. <laughs> If you haven't already, we have covered Face Off on the Mighty 90s. <laughs> Shameless plug. Available on podcast platforms everywhere. But, I mean, this is a warranted response from where we uh, ended things in the last episode. Uh, what did you think of this beginning? Well, I absolutely justified, I think, like you, you've alluded to with Brooke. She's devastated and she's at that point of like i can't be friends with you anymore so she she has her interaction with peyton right at the beginning uh well right at the beginning is the like basically giving her the cold shoulder which i think i'm not i'm not entirely sure peyton deserves it fully like i mean there's Mm. i mean she she deserves to, to have some sort of you know punishment for going behind her friend's back but it needs to be there needs to be clear explanation and understanding from these people. This is what's driving me nuts. Is it all it would take? <laughs> it's a 30 minute conversation and it clear most of this shit up. But that isn't that life though. Life can always be cleared up in a conversation. Yeah, pretty much. I, I would agree with you there. So fair enough. But it just, um, there's just so much that, like needs to be said like even when so it gets to the bit where they're in the school corridor bit so after i'm going to jump to after cheerleading practice so and um peyton chases brooke out and is like are we ever gonna like talk again are you just always going to be this way with me kind of thing and she says um well yeah basically I, i don't want anything to do with you you know um blah 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 do do you do you love him or are you in love with him? And she doesn't say anything. She just looks around. And all it would take is a simple explanation. Like, actually, I've, I've loved him since I met him, really. Like, I knew things weren't right with Nathan. I found someone who's essentially my soulmate and counterpart. And I really want to be with them. And I, I've done a really shitty thing by going behind your back with him. It was because of Dead Body Adventure that we got a bit, we got much closer and things happened. No, we didn't sleep together, but things happened that shouldn't have happened um, because you're my best friend and I'm sorry. Yeah. Brooke still might have gone, that's not really good enough. You're still a bitch, but I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks about it. Mm. Yeah, well, she she asked him, asked him, she asked Peyton, did you sleep with him? Um... And she says, no, you know, we didn't, it stopped before it got to that. Um, yeah, it's difficult. I, I completely get why she's upset and where she's coming from. And that maybe she could get there eventually, but it's all a bit raw, isn't it? Like she's she's moved on from the initial upset into the anger and... You know, she needs space and time. Yes, an explanation, sure, but I think she also needs space. Is she going to go through the seven stages of grief? <laughs> Maybe. So what's next? I mean, 
<laughs> What's after that? I don't know. Denial? Probably denial. It eventually we lead to acceptance, don't we? We know acceptance is one of these. <laughs> well, she has so many like punchlines and zingers in this episode. I was like, Dom is loving this. This is a zinger tower burger meal from <laughs> KFC all day. And especially from Dan has some zingers. Nathan has some zingers. It's just raining zinger burgers everywhere. Zing, zing, zing. Yeah. Yeah, one of my one of my favorites from Brooke was when they're in the bar. Oh yeah, and she's like, whenever I see a like a a pretty boy, uh, all I want like smiling away or whatever, all I want to do is like smash their face in. And then she looks at Peyton and is like, "You can only imagine what I want to do to you." (laughs) (laughs) Like, just do it. (laughs) Come at me, bruh. (laughs) I'll fuck you up. <laughs> Fuck you, Peyton. <laughs> oh, my dad's dredging on a boat. Oh. <laughs> uh, you're fine, Peyton. You're fine. <laughs> Finally turned that webcam off, though, didn't she? Yeah, she unplugged it and hid it in a little box on under the desk. <laughs> oh dear. But why? Uh, why have it again? Why have it on? She got caught out, and she's still sitting in that room with it on. For the world she's to see. So mood- she's so moody in this episode. Like, I understand why, but so moody. I've got so much to say about Peyton, especially when it comes to Jake. But let's let's keep on topic. So, Brooke, icy, harsh, stares at the beginning. She, then what? She, she goes into cheerleading practice. She's just sort of watching uh, Peyton. There's the animosity, tension... Where is her next sort of interaction? Is it where she walks past Lucas in the hallway and then Lucas is like, you know, Brooke, I, I didn't, we didn't mean to hurt you. It wasn't meant this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. Time. And she's like, oh, you have the the nerve to say that to me. Are you, are you an idiot? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, as she sort of walks off from that as well. That's when Peyton chases after her, I think, as well. And they have their row outside the school what what kind of made me laugh about that scene is that absolutely no one reacted no one was looking at them like anyone that walked <laughs> past no one really paid them the slightest bit of attention mm. but um yeah. it was a good scene and then like from there she moves on to being at home watching the movie oh that was a great moment and she's like this, yeah, this she's... is shit <laughs> and puts... what what is it what is it she was watching like a romance wasn't it yeah and then uh Licks it onto Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and he's like, oh yeah, this is more like it. <laughs> With a <her> Chinese. <laughs> Which I thought, that's a really uncomfortable position to be eating in. I always find that odd when people sit like that on their elbows. Like, that is uncomfortable. That's hurting your shoulders. That's you giving yourself neck ache. Get some back support. Now, if you're eating, how is that going to digest? Think about gravity and how that's going through. It's like you sat like you're a mermaid on a rock. This is not a good idea. Sit up, Brooke. You're going to choke. <laughs> you're going to choke on the Chinese. Now, I always love Chinese that comes in those boxes like that. We don't often get that in the UK. I found a place about 11, 10, 11 years ago. Started going there. Regular. Once, twice, shut down. Never been again. <laughs> you went literally for the boxes and they closed. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was also, this is quite, this is a very British thing. This is a super British thing. But we have a lot of Chinese restaurants, well, not restaurants like takeaways, that are also chip shops. When we say chip shops, in the for our North American listeners, we're talking about fries, but not they're not fries. They're like thick fries, but we call chips. And it's a very British thing to just get paper, greaseproof paper, and just a ton of chips, chunky fries, and then slathered with vinegar and salt, and then a little tiny wooden pitchfork, and then you eat that. And if you're northern, which we're not, then you'd have some curry sauce that you dip those chips in. Or gravy. Or gravy. Or yeah. gravy. But quite often, well, a few uh, near where we live anyway, there's quite a few chip shops that are also Chinese takeaways. So you can get the Chinese in the box, which are awesome, those boxes that are, that are great. And you can also get some chips with it as well. <laughs> This is really strange. I was actually having a conversation with someone um, at work about chip shops earlier on today because he said that he lives opposite one and he's from up north. And he said, it's really annoying. I go to the chip shop and like ask for them, like ask for chips with gravy and they don't, they don't do gravy. They just throw, throw ketchup at me. I've got to go home and make me own bloody gravy. (laughs) 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 But fair enough. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, mate. You know, it's just what happens. <laughs> I mean, there are how, chip how shops you... with gravy available, but just obviously not the one opposite you. How do you feel about chip shop? Like, you like chips? I like chips. Do you like chip shop chips? I like chip shop chips. They're always, like, the hottest thing you've ever eaten. Yeah. It is like eating lava. But also, if someone else... If you're walking down the street and someone's got... like we call it open chips where you've just got this massive pile of chips in paper and if you walk past and smell someone else's chips it's like i must have chips <laughs> i must like it's to the point that you actually want to just tackle them to the ground magdalena style and just <laughs> be, eat- <laughs> be eating up them chips you know and uh I'm yeah I uh even talking about them now I feel like I I I want some chips in fact slight high flyers moment I'm going to just make this incredibly brief when I was at uni uni we call short for university which is like college for our again for our North American listeners we know from our statistics that about 90% of our listeners are from America or Canada um and then some in the UK and then worldwide we've got people reaching out australia uh europe other european countries number one in the philippines yo we were number one in the philippines at one point which is amazing (laughs) all over the world we're incredibly grateful uh but i do know the majority are in america and canada so um uni second year i was on a placement and uh i was at a uh at school so i was trained to be a teacher and I was having a bit of a rough time I was at this uh I was in this town called Swindon you know Swindon Dom I am familiar with Swindon right well I was going to university in Oxford not the Oxford imagine if Oxford was a person imagine they had a younger 
Dharma Bravo. <laughs> And actually, so dumb, they just estranged him from the family. (laughs) (laughs) You're nothing to do with us. Uh, That was the uni I went to. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It was actually, to be fair, it was actually in the top 10 for the course that I was doing. Um, But it doesn't mean anything because I didn't follow it. Anyway, I'm in the... Because because I had a car, so we had to do like a few months in a school, like as a placement, you know, like training to to be a teacher and whatever. You had to do like, I think maybe eight weeks. And I was in my second year. And because I had a car at university and probably about, I don't know, maybe only 20 or 30% of people at uni had a car, or at, my, at my uni anyway. Everyone else, you did public transport and whatever. Because I had a car, I had to drive to the school that my placement was at. So instead of me getting a school in Oxford, they put me in Swindon, which is like almost an hour away. So I have to wake up super early, drive an hour out to Swindon to this school, which was in like a rough part of the the city, and then an hour back. And um, it was a lot, man. I was like, I don't know, 19, 20... Anyway, I was having a really tough time with this placement. I wasn't doing very well. I had, I suddenly had this epiphany that kids can really get on my nerves. <laughs> That's like not a good thing to realise when you're going into trying to be a primary school teacher. Um, <laughs> okay. It wasn't that they got on my nerves. Like I like kids. It was that... Um, primary school teachers and people who work with young kids they have to put on this facade of hey everybody it's story time let's read our book oh hello how oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah we're doing art today yeah <laughs> yes everyone let's have a good time it's school yeah <laughs> yeah I'm so upset that you've never done this for me before. This is the, this is gold. <laughs> and I realised that it's actually developed over time. If you can believe it, my voice used to be flatter than this, like even more monotone than it actually is. <laughs> and I just remember being like, I can't do this. I can't do this sort of performing. I can only really be sincerely myself. So... Uh, It just wasn't really working for me. And then when I fell into working with adults with learning disabilities, it's like, well, I'm working with adults. I don't need to put on any kind of facade. I would just be myself and just treat them how I would treat, you know, my closest friends. And that was kind of the key to everything that, oh, this is what I'm much better suited for. Um, And there we go. Made a career of it. And I love it. But bringing it back, when I was at this school, I was going through such a tough time and I was uh, going through probably like a low-key depression at <laughs> laughing because of what I'm about to say next, not because I was depressed. But I every lunchtime, I'd walk out of the school and go to the chip shop every lunchtime and buy a large chips, like as much chips as I could, and just stuff my face. <laughs> oh, the food's going to make it feel better. Yes. <laughs> Get in my... Oh, slover it with the vinegar and the salt. Eat it. I feel so much better and then I'd literally get back in the classroom 
I just get back in the classroom and just be like, I'm ready to go to sleep now. So I'm just eating like a ton of carbs. <laughs> and then, oh, you God. know, and then also there's the other end, you know, you eat that many chips, oh. it's, it's got to come out. <laughs> I got an hour long drive to get home at the end of the, I'm like speeding. I need the toilet. And then the right, what I've got in my mind is, hello everyone, it's time for art. <laughs> Be better. Time for fart. I I also remember we will talk about One Tree Hill. Last one. I also I also I'll never remember I'll never forget the teacher that was like my mentor at this school. She uh we had to teach phonetics, like how to enunciate to the kids, and I can't pronounce my THs properly. So when I'd say like the num- one, two, three, it sounds like free, like as in it's free, as in it didn't cost any money, it's free. And uh, she literally pulled me to the side one day and went, how are you going to teach the kids to speak if you can't actually speak yourself? Oh, shit. That's so harsh. And I said, give me my chips. <laughs> I'll make the chips where you feel better. <laughs> chips make me happy. <laughs> Hey, that's my story about chips. And you're not a teacher. <laughs> we were talking I was, about. I was an adult teacher eventually, but not to the kids. So we were talking about Brooke eating Chinese, and Chinese over here, you get chips. And then you went off on a crazy tangent. And now I think we need to desperately get back to One Tree Hill. Okay. <laughs> Don't be that sad about it. Well, I just. Do you want some <laughs> Got to eat some chips. Go on. Is it because I can't speak, Dom? Is that what it is? <laughs> Free. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Could do some chips actually. But can you? Do you do you like Chinese? Yeah, man. If you have Chinese, would you ever have chips with it, or is that like the most British thing ever? Like, uh, as in, if I order uncultured. it, if I order, it, I never, I never get chips. But... What's your go-to order? Uh, quite a few things get different things sweet and sour chicken beef and black bean sorry, sauce sorry dom can i just interrupt you there for a second can we get back to one tree hill i i've had enough of you just going on about chips and chinese i'm so abused on this podcast i don't know why i bother honestly i'm watching a program that you absolutely love to discuss it <laughs> and at any moment you get you just abuse me <laughs> I love you so much, it hurts. It <laughs> makes me think of chips. It hurts, I'm going to eat chips. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, finish. Tell me, what do you get for Chinese? That was about it. Chow mein. Please. Ch- chow mein, yeah. Beef and black bean sauce. Mm-hmm. Sweet and sour chicken. Mm-hmm. Chicken balls. I used to love chicken balls. Did you? I don't vegetarian now, but did you... Do you dip them in the sweet and sour sauce? Of course. Is there any other way? I don't think there is. <laughs> um, that's about it, really. Gotta love a prawn cracker. Yeah. I, do you know, I got... <laughs> just stories of me getting laughed at. I had a Chinese, like, a few months ago or something, and uh, I asked the woman on the phone. I, I said, um, does the prawn crackers have prawns in? Are they vegetarian? And she went, no, they're not vegetarian. <laughs> they're prawn crackers. And I was like, okay, yeah. Oh, I a... deserve that. Doo! <laughs> she hangs up. 
I, I deserve that. Fair enough. So I gave some to my dog, but oh, yeah. Um, what do you think Brooke was eating? Um, some kind of noodles. Mm. I don't know. I didn't really pay any attention to that. Like, do you think that's enough to get delivery? Like, as in, you know, if you are, if you order, you have to order a certain amount or quantity or financial value to warrant them delivering it to you. Do you think potentially she picked that up herself and it wasn't delivered? Or do you think her family that we haven't seen yet, or maybe never, won't say, maybe they had a bigger order and she's just taken one box upstairs for herself? Uh, I think the bigger order, I think the whole family have probably ordered it and she's gone and grabbed a box and gone off upstairs because, like she said, she doesn't really have a connection with her mother. So, you know, I would assume that she doesn't have a connection with anyone else sort of in the family She or she struggles with those relationships. Um, she certainly never mentioned siblings, so she might be an only child doesn't get on with her mother, probably wants to get on with her father, but her father's always away at work or something like that. So she just thinks it's easier just to live upstairs in a room eating Chinese. Fair play. Yes, that's a nice way to live. All I'm saying is sometimes get some chips. Getting some chips. Getting some chips. <laughs> and gravy. Gravy. So, okay, talk me through. I've spoken too much now. Take over the reins here. Talk to me about what happens. Peyton comes in. Peyton comes in and she's like, um, Peyton says, oh, you're not answering any of, my, any of my calls. And Brooke's like, well, clearly you're not getting the message. I want nothing to do with you. Like, leave me alone. And then she says, oh, um, Karen's worried because Lucas has disappeared. And Brooke's very quick to say, that's not my problem. It's not my problem anymore. Go away. I'm not interested. And then it's almost the she she kind of has to do the right thing. Always feels like she needs to do the right thing now. Maybe it's maybe it's still she's still trying to keep her karma in balance. Because as soon as Peyton goes to leave, she's like, "Hang on a minute." And then she realizes where he might have gone uh, and use the fake IDs. And they and they end up at the bar. They're at the bar, and that's when they have their like conversation. They find out that. Lucas has gone off with another girl um, who he'd met at the bar and it kind of goes from there. It, it, The episode for Brooke kind of ends with Lucas at her door coming to apologise, coming to talk to her and he, she's like, look, I know I'm not your girlfriend anymore. You, you know, here's whatever, how I was hooking up with this stranger, blah, blah, blah. And basically just outlining how different Lucas has become. And he has sort of transitioned into being Nathan, like a Nathan of episode like one to six. Yeah, maybe not not as bad as Nathan was, but he's definitely gone down a dark path. And she also said, not only am I not your girlfriend, I'm not even your friend. Yeah. And, and that for someone like Lucas, that must be like a real kick in the teeth because he is one of these real people pleasers need to keep people on side for me to be happy and for me to function i, I need to everyone needs mm. to be my friend and if they're not mm. well, what am i going to do i'm not going to be able to cope so it, he that would have hurt hit him hard that would have hurt give him the chips give him some chips give her some chips go and get her some chips mate uh that's that's uh that's something that i uh can relate to as well is that if i feel like someone uh is 
upset with me, even if I feel like they have wronged me, I can't rest until it's sort of sorted. Like I've had people that have wronged me in the past. I have someone that wronged me at work so bad, like they literally, like, you know, did illegal things uh, in terms of like stealing um, uh, like some of our, I don't know what the words are, like our words and, you know, bits of like our branding and uh, all kinds of stuff. And I still ended up apologizing to them because I didn't want them to be upset. Like that's the power of how that can feel. I mean, it's completely wrong and the wrong thing to do. I'm sure at some point that will turn into a high flyers thing. But it's a, uh, I can I can fully relate to that. But um, uh, I think that would he be. He also a... had. So I was just gonna say I think that would be a good high flyers thing because that that used to be me as well. I was very much on the on the lines of uh, I had to try and please everyone and keep everyone happy. Um, and it, it becomes increasingly difficult and, and just stuff overwhelms you because you're just so overly focused on making sure that everyone else is happy that you that you sort of burn out just trying to keep all these plates spinning uh, and, and keep all these people, you know, on your side when really you don't need that. Uh, I've had an experience at work where I've had to do a like a disciplinary meeting for someone which happens a lot and I was desperately trying to get out of it and not do it because um it was the first one I ever had to do um this was years ago now a long time ago it was the first one I ever had to do and I really didn't want to do it because it was a member of staff from my department and I, I got on with this member of staff really well and I thought oh if I if I do that they won't like me anymore if I if I give them a warning which is unfortunately what they you know kind of deserved they're not going to like me anymore so what do I do um I, I you know gave them the warning uh, and the meeting ended I was like I don't know how we're going to react to like on the department how things are going to be and then after that it was actually okay they were they're a little bit more you know understanding of it when they they because I, I I like to explain things and I go through a lot of detail like when I do these meetings and stuff like that and make sure they really understand what's going on and kind of what process they've not followed and stuff like that and by the end of it they were really understanding and and they knew why I'd done what I did and I kind of from that point I sort of thought this could be a turning point actually it's this is the right thing to do and and people will understand you know as long as they're following the rules then these things won't happen so it needs to carry out. it's not a nice thing to do anyway but um yeah I used to be so like that as well just always trying to keep people just happy and on side and sometimes you've i've got to that point now where i just like oh, i'm not fussed now it doesn't bother me now but there must have been like somewhere where that snapped and that changed i'm gonna have to analyze that <laughs> yeah well i think you're someone that is incredibly fair like you treat people very fairly and i think if you are happy with the way you've conducted yourself towards other people and you feel that you've treated someone fair and they can see that even if you having you're having to be on the side of things that is potentially penalizing them for how they've you know acted or whatever in like a work setting anyway then it's like well you're just following protocol you know they put you in that situation it's not you choosing to uh you know come down hard on someone or something because for no reason it's 
you're responding to something that someone else has done. So I think if there's fairness involved, then uh, it kind of leaves less room for, um, you know, fear for judgment, I guess, or for people to hold on to animosity towards you. Thanks, man. You, you're a fair guy. <laughs> but it is difficult because I think naturally you don't, you want people to like, like you and, uh, and be with it. Um, you know, but yeah, it's a hard one. We'll, we'll get that on as a segment at some point. Cause I'm sure this is one that, that loads of listeners can relate to as well. So, I mean, if this is something that you've had experience of and you'd like to share, whether you want to share it with us over email, uh, anonymously, we can share it on the podcast. We can just talk to you about it ourselves, um, you know, or something we can, you can post it on Patreon or whatever. We'd love to, to help um share or to help you process or anything we can do so get involved and get some chips so. oh should we wrap up brooke i think we've talked about everything else but brooke <laughs> let's so brooke um makes it very clear to lucas that that's that's the situation we're not we're not friends anymore and you can have Peyton, I don't care. Um, I actually think on the back of their outing to the bar that they might actually um, be able to work it out between them, Peyton and, and Brooke, that is. Because they have, there's the line, is it hose over bros? Yeah. That, that's that got to come into play at some point, probably in the next episode. Like Something will happen where Peyton will stick up for Brooke or look out for Brooke in some way and it'll it'll work out for the end or Brooke will have to step in and look look out for Peyton and she'll say thanks and it'll be like oh look I'm just doing it for the team like the cheerleading team or something like that but actually she's doing it because she wants her to be her best friend you think it'll be that quick I, I mean I've always said oh like three or four episodes down the line and it's happened like 20 minutes later so I might as well just say yes in the next episode <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, we will see. Do you want to move on to Peyton? Let, yeah, let's go on to Peyton because she doesn't have... Um, she's not really far removed from Brooke. The only the only time that she is is when she's sort of in her room doing her art and she's doing that picture of everyone shooting, of the three people shooting the mm-hmm. heart. Yeah, so the heart was in a couple of episodes ago, wasn't it? She was... Uh, uh, drawing that on the river court and then now it's come into that picture that would have been drawn by Helen Ward which I'm hoping we can get her on the podcast at some point the artist that did all of uh, Peyton's pictures I want to know how she felt about producing a piece of art for uh, an actor to then scribble over oh, I, do you know screen. what I was thinking that exact same thing is that she literally sits there with a pen or pencil whatever she's got a bit of charcoal and she's like scribbling away and i wonder if the artist has gone can you just scribble on that bit and nowhere else just there yeah well it's really interesting like i wonder where those pieces are like i wonder if like hillary burton got to keep them which would be a really cool memento for her if she did or if you know the artist takes them back takes them back i assume not i assume they probably maybe they're just Maybe they're just in a box at Warner Brothers, like with all of the Ravens jerseys and everything. Um, but very cool, nonetheless. 
how does that rank up with Peyton's artwork? You know, to date, like maybe do you have a favorite one so far? Um, I I I liked the the boat one. The boat one was good. When she's as she's getting older and the boat's moving further away. Uh, and you said that's quite like an iconic one for the program. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other ones. Uh, Traffic lights, people always leave. That was okay. That had a lot of like personal meaning to her. I mean, all, all of the art does. Is she still? Are they still being published in Thud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, is she Free Hill Underground Daily Weekly? <laughs> is she still like anonymous? I think so. At this, yeah, still anonymous, but obviously her dad knows and Lucas knows. Yeah. Well, fair she enough. also did that one of um, "It's okay, it's not okay." Yeah, yeah. When um, that was with Nathan right at the beginning. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And we can have it all. We can't have it all. Or no, now we can have it. We can't now. We can't have it. Or something like that. Yeah. With the heavy breathing. Yeah, it was now we can, and then it turned into can't. Yeah, wasn't that, yeah. wasn't that it? Either, either way, I, th- yeah. I, I think it, I think all the arts really good. Um, and it all matters. So. Is it that's important? <laughs> oh, he made a funny. He made a little <laughs> reference. He made a little funny reference. Well, um, I have a few bones to pick with how Peyton came into this episode because it began with her talking to uh, Jake as they were walking into school. And I've mentioned this before about them two together. There's something about it that annoys me that they have these conversations as if they are much older and much more weathered than they are. Yeah. Like they're talking like they're like 40 year olds um, in terms of like, I, I I dare say obnoxious. I think they're both borderline obnoxious, if not over the border. They've got a passport. They've got a work visa. They're living in obnoxious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So only for only part time, only a travel visa. Be back, you know, a year or so. But at the moment, their forwarding address is too obnoxious. <laughs> what well, what is it in particular that you don't like about them and their conversation in in this in their scene? Then it's just it sounds like I feel like you can hear the writers rather than that than the characters. Like in terms of uh, Peyton's, like oh. I think Jake's like, oh, what's with the leers or something? You know, the staring, the leer is leer. Is that what it means? Is that what? Uh, yeah. If you're leering, yeah, is that you're staring, yeah. Um, and she's like, well, you know, typical story: boy meets girl, girl does this, boy cheats on girl with best friend. It's like too quick. Like you wouldn't be able to think of it that quickly. The way that she said it, and then he's like, oh. You know, I'm just working on two hours sleep. She's up in the night. Did you try the keys? Oh, yeah, I did the keys. But as soon as I put them down, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, oh, we'll see how this goes. Got to go to my cousin's wedding. Blah, blah, blah. It's all a bit like you wouldn't be having this conversation. You're 16 or 15 or something. It's like, yes, you may have a kid and you may be working on two hours sleep, but... 
I don't know. I don't know. But am I being harsh? Am I being critical? Is that not what we do here, Dom? Is it not a podcast where we're harsh and critical and we do these things and we're positive, but we keep it positive when we can be positive because it's a positive podcast? Is that what it is, Dom? I mean, you just said something about Peyton not being able to talk that quickly and come up with it that quickly, and you just did exactly that, so... Yeah, but I'm 33, Dom. Oh, that's oh, true. I forgot. That is true. That is true. We're old enough to be able to think that quickly. <laughs> but Dom, I can't believe I didn't tell you this. Firstly, shout out to Sky. Sky is one of our uh, longtime listeners from like right at the beginning, like first week, I think. Shout out to you, Sky. Um, she said that. Um, she was. She listens to us while she's like in the supermarket and doing and doing you know like chores and things. And she said that we were really making her laugh in the supermarket and making her look crazy, <laughs> like laughing <laughs> nice. in like the cheese aisle or something. But the um, best aisle. She said, she, <laughs> "I just made up the cheese aisle." I mean, <laughs> I, we hope you're in the cheese aisle, but who knows? Um, but she said, she's like a. Like how how old are you guys? Um, like when I listen to you, it really reminds me of the in betweeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a Simon in the in betweeners. That's true. <laughs> uh, but they're like what? How old are they? Like sixteen, seventeen? Yeah. In betweeners or meant to be? But I think, they, so I think like... they probably are actually sixteen or seventeen. <laughs> But that's, I mean, so that's like half of our age. I just said that we're just, we're young. No, she said we're young at heart or something like that. <laughs> it was it was kind. She was being nice. But um, my wife once got really offended from her friend. We were out to dinner. We're really going on tangents this episode. I'm sorry, but I, I hope you guys enjoy it and don't hate us. But the uh, we were at a, a Thai restaurant and her friend said, right, her friend who's married, her husband... He, Dom, you'd believe me because you you know me. I, I feel like I have a gift for seeing someone and seeing knowing what, what celebrity they look like. I'm not even joking. I feel like it's a gift. Yeah. And this guy looks exactly like David Arquette. Oh, wow. You know, from Scream, you know, know. David Arquette. Yeah, yeah. He looks exactly like David Arquette. And I was like at this dinner, met him a few times. I was like, hey, man, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. And I'm a big fan of this guy, so I hope you're into it. But you really look like David Arquette, and I love it. I'm all about it. And he was like, oh, thanks. Yeah. Like, he, liked, he liked it, right? And I was like, you're like a, you're like a jacked David Arquette because the guy was like, you know, like jacked. And his wife clearly offended that I had said this about him, which was meant as a compliment or as a nice thing. Turns around and says, "Oh, Simon, you know who you look like? You look like Simon from the Inbetweeners." And I was like, "He has, he has my name, bitch." Sure, but it's nothing wrong with. Okay, you went there. <laughs> She's just being harsh for no reason. I mean, he's 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 not a bad looking guy or anything like that. There's nothing. He's great, but he doesn't look like me. We have completely different facial structures who looks like me then or who do i look like (laughs) (laughs) am i the one exception to the rule you look like nathan shut up (laughs) i don't know i don't i well i haven't seen anyone that looks like you because there is only one you there's a million of these other guys these david arquettes out there should we get back to One Tree Hill again? 
I'm going to Google so much tonight to find who your celebrity person is. Okay. That conversation didn't register with you anything obnoxious or anything at all? Uh, I didn't see it as obnoxious. I just kind of saw it as... It was a bit random. Like, it, it was obviously a device to get Peyton and Jake together, um, which is mm-hmm. fine. And she's got, like, a little relationship with Jenny. So it makes sense that he would ask her to babysit. But you you kind of would have thought if they're going to a wedding, he would take the baby or he would ask a neighbor that they've known for a long time or, you know, someone that they've known for a long time to babysit, but he's asked Peyton. So fine. It, it was about pushing them together, get them a little bit closer together so that we can introduce like the, the next character that we're going to introduce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, as I was watching the beginning, so look, can we cover Jake as well? Yeah. So we're like heading to Jake because I actually think there's not a lot from Peyton in this episode. Uh, I, I didn't really mm. see much significant. She didn't talk to Lucas. She spoke to Haley very briefly and Haley kind of left her to it. She got told off by Brooke. She spoke to Karen, went off to try and find Lucas, never found him. And that was kind of it, was kind of told by Brooke, look, you, you know, you're a bit of a bitch for stealing the, the guy I love. And that's, you know, that's that. And you went behind my back and blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of it for Peyton. She's just had a bit of a down episode and she took her webcam offline. That was a, that was about it. I didn't really see much else. What what about you? Brooke, Brooke said something. I think we skipped over one of her zingers to Peyton in the bar when she was describing what Lucas looks like to the the barman. She said something like, you know, he's sort of tall, skinny, kind of blonde, cheats on his girlfriend, who's blonde bitches, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Was it something like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, skinny bitches. Yeah. Or skinny blonde or something like that. Yeah, it was it was brilliant. Really good. Yeah, I, I knew you, you'd love that. <laughs> you'd love that one. Just love Brooke. Uh you do don't you <laughs> are you in love with Brooke I'm not in love it's okay if you are I'm not in love your girlfriend doesn't listen to this either <laughs> so you can admit it get, do get you think it if you was a, if you was a teenager let's say you know um, do you think you'd have a crush on Sophia Bush on Brooke why would Is I it? have to be a teenager <laughs> because there's laws Dominic I mean, like, I mean now. Yeah, now. I mean, that, I, you mean Sophia Bush in real life now? As in, yeah, as in, in like twenty twenty. Not... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I think they're probably a few years older than us, aren't they? She's probably like thirty eight, maybe a bit younger, thirty seven, thirty six. Yeah, if I was watching it when it came out, definitely. She's she's really funny as well. Great character. She's great, and she. In real life, I've said this to you before, but I know that you're not able to Google and whatever. She is an awesome person in real life, like activist, super positive, doing, she does a lot in her own time, you know, for charity and for awareness. She's really cool. I also just remembered another thing about, from Brooke that we didn't say, but it relates to Peyton as well. When they were talking and Brooke says to Peyton, did you sleep with him? All that came into my mind was... (laughs) Did you get fingered on the dance floor? 
Oh God, such like old traumas coming back again, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who was it? I don't know. That's worse. <laughs> Who was it? Oh, uh, outrageous. So yes, Peyton. Yeah. So we sort of spoken about her at the bar, all of that stuff. She's a pretty good sport with the abuse that she's getting from Brooke. I think she understands that that's her reaction for now. I think she knows that she deserves it to a certain degree. Yeah, she has to take it, I think. You know, she wants her best... And she does challenge it, doesn't she? She says, you're going to, you know, just not talk to me for the for the rest of our lives, whatever. And she's like, I'm done with you. You know, Brooke is like, I'm totally done with you. But... Um, I have no doubt in the next episode or, you know, potentially the episode after they will be on talking terms again for whatever reason. Um, but the whole thing we've, so let, let, can we move on to Jake? So Jake, yeah. Jake featured in the previously on One Tree Hill mm-hmm. today. And I say today because I watched it today, um, twice and he, it was the, the bit about Lucas questioning who the mother was. So I was thinking the entire episode is going to reveal who the mother is. Brilliant. Who's this going to be? And I did not click or clock as who it was, who it was going to be in the episode. I was thinking the whole time, who the hell is, is going to turn up at the door? And you could, when the, the door knocking at the end and he opens the door and reveals who it is, I could see that they had straight hair because I thought, oh, maybe Peyton's come back. Maybe Peyton's come back and they're going to have a bit of a thing tonight, seeing as Lucas has run off with this bird and uh, <laughs> and is, like, doing whatever on, like, carousels. Um, a carousel. Is that what they call carousel? Is that what they call a merry-go-round? In- I mean, it's a merry-go-round carousel wheel with horses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And- Nailed with poles to the floor. <laughs> yeah. But I could see, you could see through the window of the door that she had straight hair. So I'm thinking, is it Brooke? This is ro- it's really random if Brooke turns up at Jake's house. Like, what's going on? And then the big reveal, and it's Nikki. Hey. Nikki is I'm at so, the door. I'm so glad you didn't get the twist. Like, I was conscious. I thought that you might get it. I thought you... I didn't think about the recap part that you would get it from there you sneaky man the, the recap thought... is always a massive giveaway as to what's going to feature in the episode always so i always Fine, know i always then, know what's going to come up but i don't can we make a new a new rule then because i made you say you had to watch the recap but why don't we say can you try and can you skip the recap but always watch the opening credits <laughs> it's just goalposts moving all over the place I, in fact, I'll tell you exactly how I'd like you to do it. Like, very uh, Christian Grey, if you... <laughs> what, you want me, like, chained up? <laughs> you have to sign a contract first. Oh, God. A safety <laughs> and I've word. Told you before, I've told you before to call me Colonel. <laughs> Chips. Chips. Call me Colonel. Colonel. <laughs> God, don't make it sound like you're scared. Sound eager when you call me Colonel. Sound... <laughs> Colonel? <laughs> you made it sound like a carry-on film. Oh, Ooh, Colonel. Colonel. 
god. So this is podcasting, is it? <laughs> if anyone ever asks about the podcast, I'm just going to play them this clip of me demanding you to you call me Colonel. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, um, so we, no, this the particular. We have a big reveal. That's the big. Re- that's the biggest reveal we've had for for ages. Wait, 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 please. I want to tell you how I want you to do the recap. Oh, okay. Go I on. would like you to... You watch it on your iPad, right? Yeah. I would like you to, when you start to press play, before you even press play, to have the volume completely down. Then I want you to carefully skip in, you know, like 30 seconds. And then if and there's still volume down. If you can still see it's recap, I want you to pause... I want you to go again. I want you to get it exactly right so it starts with zero recap and then put the volume on and then watch the intro and so on and so forth. Can we agree on this, please? Okay, we can agree on that. That's fine. You only want me to do that so I don't predict what's going to happen in the episode as I'm watching. Uh, yeah, I feel like the show's given you a cheat sheet and you've worked it out. You can see the code in the matrix. <laughs> I see that green writing. <laughs> yeah, you can stop bullets with your mind, and it's not fair. <laughs> there is no spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Anderson. <laughs> okay, right. Back to one drink. Hell. Yes, Dominic. Colonel. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> what do you want me to call you? Dominic. I'll call you Larry. Larry's my Larry. Pey- that's, Peyton's- that's Peyton's dad. Oh, I don't want to be Peyton's dad. What? <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh, what were we even talking about? Jake. Oh, you know. Oh, Nikki. So you didn't see the reveal was coming. No, I was thinking. All right. So okay, let's talk about Nikki. Let's go with Nikki, and then we'll we'll lead oh, into boy. Lucas. So I reckon Jake's pretty boring, falling for Peyton, but um, we then fall into this world of Nikki is arriving, and Nikki's back. He goes to the wedding. She's giving him jabs about him being the valet and all that sort of stuff. He gets back. He's like, hey, you know, why don't you stick around? Could order a pizza, pop in a movie, old school, pop in. What's he popping in? The VHS, the DVD? I think he's going to do the old... <sighs> and arms rounder. The original Netflix and chill before Netflix was a thing. <laughs> No chick, no chick flicks. No. So, what movie do you reckon they watched? I think it's Austin Powers. Oh, that's who I think they would like. That maybe the spy who shagged me, the sequel. Maybe they watched The Matrix. Mm, or Speed. Speed. <laughs> no, I think they would have watched something like. What would they have watched? Speed, I'm telling you. Or maybe Speed 2. No, something, something that's a bit like on a boat. <laughs> something that's a bit drab. What's a film that's a bit like... Le- Legends of the Fall. Oh, God. Or they would have watched... The Last Samurai. Okay. It's not drab, but it's like hard going, isn't it? Yeah. There's some culture in there as well. I think Peyton's Peyton's like titles. (laughs) Yeah, maybe like a French movie or something. (laughs) They watched a foreign film. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anyway. Okay. So we have that. So Jake, Jake, uh, it's revealed who the mother is of Jenny at the end because he opens the door. Nikki's standing there and says, "How's my daughter?" 
Mm-hmm. So this is going to open up a whole world of crazy because I think Jake is wanting to get a bit closer to Peyton and is mm-hmm. now going to struggle because Nikki is going to be present, which is going to make it really awkward for Jake and Lucas, especially when Jake finds out that Lucas and Nikki have slept together. Mm, well, in public, I'm ask you, do we think they slept together? Do we think they went the whole way? What? Do we think they? We don't know that they. We didn't see them having sex, obviously. But do you, was it? Was it ever completely? It's implied that they had sex, I guess, and they were eating banana splits afterwards and whatever. But they might not have had full intercourse. I think. I think Lucas would have. Would have said something like when Brooke says, "Oh, hooking up, oh. hooking up with random girls." Yeah, I no, it did. Yeah, was there a point where he admitted that he had slept with her? No, I don't think so. I don't think it was admitted. No, I'm thinking of an episode of Dexter I watched last night. Uh, with <laughs> very different. Something very, something very similar. Similar actually happened. Season two, um, but okay, okay. So let's take let's take this back a little bit. Should we should we move on to Lucas now, because then we can move into how he meets Nikki, and then we can talk about Nikki and get to where she ends up. Yeah, let's do that. So Lucas, he has that interaction with Brooke at the beginning. He's in the weight room trying to push himself too hard, and we get Skills back. Skills is actually at school. It's the first time I've seen him at school. He's in the weight room. Yeah, but obviously in the school. Yeah. I've never seen him yeah. at school. He's only ever been at the River Court. And I don't think we've ever seen Malf at school either, apart from in the in at the games. We haven't seen him walking around school. No. I haven't seen any of the River Court lot. So like Skills actually turning up for school for once. I reckon he, he probably just doesn't. Turns up once a semester. <laughs> uh interesting. interesting. <laughs> interesting for things we'll talk about late much later down the line um okay so lucas is hitting it too hard he is a little bit he's very angsty teenage angsty in this one isn't he yeah there's all he's all sorts of emotional isn't he and like what what's the word not angsty Whiny. He's quite disaffected, isn't he? Hmm. Like very fuck you, Karen. I'm gonna storm out and get pissed. <laughs> and I'm seventeen. <laughs> Such a British way to put it. <laughs> gonna get pissed out my fucking head. <laughs> I'm off my um, mat. <laughs> well, um when uh, Whitey wants to see Lucas, sends Tim to go and do it, and uh, Tim gets a line where Lucas is saying, why does he want to see me? And Tim says, well, I'm not psychic. When when Tim comes in, does he, does he say, hey, Gimp, coach wants to see you? <laughs> I'm sure he said Gimp. <laughs> <laughs> if he didn't, if he didn't, he definitely should have done. <laughs> 
Okay, there's a there's a few things to unpack there. Firstly, <laughs> I I didn't I didn't hear that. <laughs> Definitely heard him say gimp. You watched it twice. I'm pretty sure he said, "Hey, gimp, coach wants to see you." It was on the second one that I noticed it. <laughs> well, because all that comes into my mind is you know the gimp in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Now I'm just picturing under that mask it's Lucas. Oh, definitely is. <laughs> okay. I'm going well, to have to get that on a rewatch. See if he says rewatch. Gimp. I'm sure he says Gimp. <laughs> gimp, like Coach wants you. What for? I'm not psychic. Okay. Well, good to know. <laughs> um, Lucas has interaction with Y.E. First of two interactions, one in there at the court, the other one at his house. And, uh, you know, he says he's kind of useless. Y.E. is aware that he is working himself too hard in the gym. So, again, back to your theory that Y.E. knows everything and sees everything. And, uh, you know, he says, well, I want you here where I can see you, ensuring that you're, you know, you're still part of the team. That spot's yours. We get a bit of footage of Tim trying to be the shooting guard and he can't hit the shots down. Sort of evidencing that it's hurting the team if they don't replace Lucas with a new player, I guess, which they're sort of seeding him for later. And then we get Dan coming in and uh, has a cold interaction with Lucas with some more zingers yeah uh, this this is the moment where he's just like like he holds the door open for him and stuff like that and he's like I can get the door myself thanks so he's like okay fine and shuts it and is it at this moment where he's like oh, I've come to see oh yeah I, I saved you from the wreckage because I wanted to you know your life to continue to be a disaster or something like that and I wanted to laugh at it Oh, I think, yeah, I think it starts because Lucas is walking off and Dan says, you're welcome, by the way. That's right. And he's like, well, welcome for what? And he's like, you know, for saving you. And he's like, you think I owe you anything? I owe you a thank you. And Dan's saying, oh, what did I do now? Did I save you wrong? I saved your life wrong? Like, you know, oh, actually, it was all the plot. I saved you just so that you can have a miserable life and watch my son you know, Nathan, he means, you know, take this team to the championship and you're a little shit bag and this, that and the <laughs> other. <laughs> I'm ad-libbing, I'm paraphrasing. And uh, then he gives Nathan a, add a boy. Yeah, I hate that. A good shot. I hate that. Dreadful. I've only just recently become aware of an add a boy and that is an actual thing. Yeah. And people say like, ah, oh, you know, he just wants an outer boy. Like what? What do you think about it? How are we spelling that? An outer boy? Are we saying, you know, outer boy? What does that mean? At a boy? At a comma boy? You know, well done, good outer boy. What does that even mean? I I, I have no idea. I, I you just kind of assume they mean that's it to a dog or something like that. Mm. I, I just I don't like it as a phrase. It's the sort of thing that, like, a middle-aged man would say when he slaps a teenager on the butt. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Which I thought Whitey was going to do to Lucas uh, later on in the episode, but he sort of taps him on the back in the end. <laughs> you think he thought about it? He reached and thought, no, no, it's inappropriate. Let's make this PG. <laughs> <laughs> God. 
Yeah. So. Oh god. <laughs> On the dance floor. <laughs> Wear gloves. And a boy. <laughs> oh dear. Same. Um, so, Luke, so Lucas is having. He's pretty much like a, a whiny little shit for the majority of this episode. But there's a really good turning point. There is a really good turning point in him, which is nice to see. And it's kind of on our, like, on the the same lines of our High Flyers conversations, isn't it? In that he goes through this phase of just, like, he's even quite low in himself and, and quite down, but he feels like he has to rebel. And the only way he's going to get what he wants is by being a bit shitty to everyone. And it's just coming out and it's all... Everything that he has to say is he's saying, and the meal he's having with Karen and Haley is the first time we see them as a three like that since you know the first episode, and they're sitting together. And Karen says, "Oh, this is nice. We haven't done this for a while." And he's just a horrible, horrible person. And he gets up and he storms out, and all of this like nasty stuff happens. What is it that Haley says? She says something, uh, but they're not. Yeah, what did she this say? Is, uh, oh, we're all together minus one spleen. that's funny and that doesn't even matter if that happened the day of the accident or the day after because she says afterwards you know time plus tragedy equals ha ha you know like as in which i also thought was funny um and she said something else and she's like lighting up and then she's like oh too soon (laughs) just sort of carries on it's brilliant it was really good really good um Paul Johansson, Dan Scott, in real life, he responded to one of our story posts that had a picture of um, Bethany Joy Lenz on it. And she he messaged to say that she's the best actress ever. Um, and she is a really good actress. But I thought, you know, shameless plug. <laughs> Friend of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> that moment was really important because then... Lucas sort of storms off, very teenagey. We've all had it. In fact, I don't know if you have, Dom. I've had moments where I was definitely like this. I ruined an entire holiday to New York when I was 16 because I was hungry. My parents still talk about it. I was really hungry and such a fussy eater. I was in such a horrible mood. I basically ruined their holiday. Like, I owe them a holiday to New York. Um, Well, let's, let's send them. Well, when we go to Wilmington, they can go to New York. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> but I, you're someone that has been so grounded and, like, wise and, like, you know, I can't ever imagine you being angry or any of these other things, which is actually one of those things where, you know, it's more worrying because when you snap, you're going to go to the top of a tower with a gun with duffel bags and... <laughs> take it out on the world is that pretty much what's going to happen i mean uh, yeah i'm sure it will <laughs> I, I do tend to just just keep it all inside let's just let's try not to let let it out it slips out sometimes but mostly as frustration not as anger not as anything other than i'm just like pure frustration and it, i sometimes get like upset by it as well I just think oh, I shouldn't have let that happen. I shouldn't have let it get to that point where I was that annoyed. And I, most of the time, I'm frustrated with myself. Um, but you can kind of see from this episode that Lucas is frustrated with everything. 
everything and anything. He's frustrated with himself. He's frustrated that his recovery is rubbish. He hates physiotherapy because all they want to do is make him stretch. And that's not good enough. And even his friend Skills is saying, look, the more you put into it, the more you're going to hurt yourself. You need to slow down. Whitey says the same thing. Karen says the same thing. How was, how was physiotherapy? Physiotherapy is crap. I'm a waste of time. Okay, let's rephrase it. How was school? Oh, whatever. You know, I'm not interested in this. This is crap. Haley's just sitting there taking a the piss out of me. Why the hell am I sitting here? And he just gets up and storms out. Um, I can't say I've ever done that, but I felt like doing it uh, like a billion times. Um, but you so you've never stormed out. You've never like done a dramatic. I'm storming out and I'm going to slam the door. Te- oh, as a teenager, I mean, or an, no. in your adolescence. No, I don't think so. Not that I can ever place or pinpoint. Good. Thanks, man. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't ruin anyone's trip to New York. But, <laughs> but I do fear that it's going to come out. <laughs> You're going to come out twenty years of door slamming, <laughs> <laughs> just like a hole in the wall from all the handles. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, no, it's good, man. So Lucas, from that point, he then has his character arc is massive in this because he he goes from being that disaffected, angry, blah 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 to being kind of like Brooke was after the drunk episode. I need to reset my karma. I need to start again. He has that conversation with Karen and says, I've been a bad person. I know I've been a bad person and I need to change because that's not me. And and she says, mm-hmm. being a teenager is incredibly difficult. Hey, life is difficult and, and you're going to be, you're going to find it hard and you're going to find it difficult and you're going to not be nice all the time. But sometimes you need to reset that balance and that's what she's getting at and that's what he's getting at as well and he goes okay this is what i need to do and he goes to the relevant people and starts fixing things you know he goes to whitey and says i'm sorry if you need to give the position away give the position away because it's about the team and he's now thinking about being the team not you know and in the team not just i'm that position and that's my position i need to that which was a very old kind of nathan view this was everything now is is about us winning this championship together and collectively. I now need to go to Brooke. I need to kind of make peace somehow. And she won't want to talk to me, but I need to say what needs to be said. And he goes and does it. Uh, and, you know, he's already had the conversation with Karen and that was his like making peace with Karen. And it was she had two choices. It was, you know, option B was good because we had a good conversation out of it. And he's like, what was option A? It was like kicking your ass and grounding you. So, you know, that that was all good. <laughs> um, he doesn't see Peyton, though, does he? He still hasn't. We haven't seen those two together yet since. So, again, that will probably be in the next episode. So he's he's working his way around. I actually think he might need to go to Dan. I think he needs to speak to Dan at some point to say mm-hmm. at that moment in the in the hall in the gym I was a dick but I need to say thank you and that's it and I, I want nothing more from you I need to say thank you for pulling me out of the car and getting me to the hospital and, and making the decision that kept me alive I, for that I'm forever grateful but stay the fuck away from me mm, yeah like clear the air but at the same time it doesn't make up for 17 years of abandonment you know um, yeah. but i still appreciate it at the same point i think that conversation everything you said perfect yes i agree um i think the <laughs> i think the conversation with karen was really important and the fact that she didn't come down on him hard and she spoke to him and saw that actually 
you know, he it's a learning point and he's young and he is going to learn and he is going to make mistakes and we all make mistakes and learn and evolve and all of those things. So, yeah, I think it was a good moment and not many. I mean, the only thing was it was all very quick. It all happened in the same episode where, you know, it, t- it takes people years to get through things and reconcile sometimes to see, you know, the errors of their ways. But um, yeah, I think it was great. And it's great that he's been able to do that so quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And then obviously we've got the bit in the middle that I skipped over there because I thought it was important to talk about his um, rebalancing. as a phrase I like to, a way I like to phrase it, sorry. Um, he's right, kid. Yeah, he's rebalancing. It's very important. You have to balance balance is very important cobra kai you know now you you're a fan i'm involved i'm in you are involved <laughs> um so he has he meets up with nikki nikki does their little magic trick well wait hang, hang on hang on real quick on this bar he goes into the bar um and it's the bar that that brooke had taken him to originally with the tattoo with the body double we're not sure uh <laughs> we agree to disagree but the uh he doesn't look out of place in this bar at all and i think the reason is because in real life he's like 22 23 and so is everyone else in the bar so he actually looked like he belonged in there well actually i've i've got kind of a well it was when he asked for the beer and it felt uncomfortable because i know they can't necessarily ask for a brand because they have to pay more money for it but he he kind of goes i'll have a beer and it's just, it's so, it feels really out of place. So for me, it actually felt quite uncomfortable. Like he's not sure he's going to get served here. Then he gets asked for ID and he's like, looks behind him, gets the ID out, gives it to him. And he's like, well, do you want a bottle or draft? And he's like, uh, draft to be fine. He, he doesn't really know. <laughs> well, I really didn't like that moment um, because he says, he gets there to the guy. He goes, give me a bit, get me a beer. Oh, so I rude. thought he was really rude. So rude. So rude. How about a uh, hi? Yeah, could I have a beer, please? Yeah, exactly. Well, well, ma- ma- manners, manners doesn't mean that you're young. Manners cost nothing. In fact, as well. the the opposite. Your rudeness makes me think you're young. You are not served. Yeah. In fact, nothing to do with your age, but you're impolite. You're rude, and I have the right to refuse service to anyone I want because this is my bar you motherfucking bitch hit the bricks before I hit you with a brick how about that (laughs) come in here without saying please and thank you again I'll show you what please and thank you really means you just got out of hospital I'm ready to put you back in one are you okay that's how much please and thank you's mean to me dog it's so important so important we, you're, you're, you work in the sector, not in, not in the bar, but you work in retail. I know you're in management, but you know you come from customer facing, you know, career sector. You surely can appreciate this more than anyone when you have to deal with rude customers or like if I if I come to you with a complaint about something and I'm saying my pleases and thank yous and being treating you well. If someone else has the same complaint but is treating you like shit, get me a beer or whatever in whatever, however it could translate into where you work, your sector, you you must get that right or can, more than anyone all the time. But you've got to you've got to kill them with kindness. 
say the bar guy did did well. Uh, he did okay, but as soon as someone's rude to you, if you're just super nice to them back, two things will happen. One of two things will happen. One, they'll be nice to you back because you've immediately changed the tone of the conversation. Or two, they'll be super pissed off that you're being really nice to them when they're being a massive dick. So kill them with kindness. That's the future. Well. What did you think of you? You found it rude too, then though that he didn't even oh, say please. Shocking, hello. Shockingly rude, horrendous, awful. Shouldn't have done that. I'd have kicked him out too. <laughs> I think I, in my mind. Okay, well, I was just going to say he asked Lucas for ID, but he was more than happy to serve two underage girls without asking them for ID. True. Just saying. True, that is true. I noticed that also. But the uh, he. I don't know. I think I hold on to pilot Lucas. First couple episode Lucas. I hold on to that and I forget that he goes through this trajectory and it's painful to watch, but I understand because it happens and we're teenagers and we do these things. And if anything, it makes it even more relatable because he has ups and downs. He's not a perfect person. Like we get this. We understand this, but still it's not nice to watch. And I feel that's what we say all of the time. It's like we forgive him because he's a teenager and he's an adolescent. He's making a young adult. He's making these mistakes, but it still doesn't make it nice to watch, Dom. Not at all. Makes it difficult. But he gets that beer. He didn't even have to pay for it because who paid for it, Dom? Nikki paid for it because she likes him young. (laughs) That's what she says. It's really creepy. And it really, it wouldn't have worked the other way around, would it? If Lucas had said that to her, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Grim. So grim. Right. But, I mean, what my point is, is if it can't work that way, it shouldn't work either way. You know what I mean? But anyway. Absolutely. He gives her good eye contact, as she says. She loves the eye contact. he gives her the eye contact while sipping on that beer, which did look like a good beer. Can't lie. It looked like a nice, good head on it, good light beer. Uh, I didn't really pay any attention to the beer. You was paying attention to the eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at those beautiful blues. Go- <laughs> Do you remember how I said about, I feel like Jake and Peyton were like, you know, uh, visiting on a work visa uh, the land of obnoxiousness. Well, I think Nikki is is the mayor. She's the president. She's from there. She was so. Hey, let me show you my cool little bar tricks because I'm in the bar all the time. I know about the bar because I'm in the bar all the time. Let me show you my little trick with my fire and my matches because I love the bar because I'm in the bar all the time. When I'm in the bar with my friends all the time and I'm lighting my matches and look, I can get it in the glass with my little tricks. I'm in the bar all the time. Go home. Get a job. <laughs> Take responsibility for your child. There we go. What, like, what else? Wh- Speak some truth. What's wrong with you, woman? Just like abandoning a baby six months. Uh, is it just me, or does Nikki look like she smell really bad? She didn't look like she smelled. Lucas looks like he smells. That grey hoodie, I need to know if he's got more than one or how often that's going into the washing machine. What is the rotation cycle on this hoodie? I'm hoping he's got ten. She's got ten in it. So he can wear seven, have like a, then like an extra one on while he's washing the, the, the main seven. 
and he's got like mm. two spare then just in case that they, they sell those hoodies like every everywhere if i bought you one would you wear it probably you hesitated i'd, I'd, I'd wear it i love a hoodie it's just gray on the front yeah i love a hoodie you're currently wearing the on uh, mighty 90s hoodie i am indeed our new one the white one link in the merch store <laughs> in the podcast description <laughs> so yeah what what was your initial take of nikki did you find her obnoxious i thought she was uh, i i couldn't work out um obviously until the end what the point of her was so there has to be a point of her there has to be a reason that she has to come up somewhere like and be known um by someone but i, I really couldn't place her i really really couldn't um and it was it was a lot just along the lines of she's at the bar buying him a drink she then asks for a drink they then end up breaking into like a mall or whatever it is and they're playing on the merry-go-round or whatever or the carousel and the whole episode after her introduction i'm thinking who is she relevant to and I, I actually thought she would be relevant to Brooke. Mm. I thought there'd be some link to Brooke here. Like sisters or something. I, I didn't think sisters, but I thought maybe like a cousin or something. There's some sort of relation there that's then going to cause further tension between him and um, him and Brooke. And that's the reason Brooke goes to that bar is because she's gone there with her cousin or whatever and it's close and convenient that, and... that would have been good that would have been good i like that <laughs> so that's you know and, and she's the one that took brooke to get her tattoo originally mm. and, you know that that was kind of what i was thinking that would have been my prediction for the episode from from watching it there and then they could have done like a downstairs shot in brooke's house and there's nikki eating chinese with the rest of the family sure like that. <laughs> that would have been my, well, my they, guess for her that that's really good i think that's really good uh there's a lot of talk that nikki poses a lot of stuff of is everything black and white there's a lot of gray like posing these sort of uh moralistic life questions to lucas while at the same time seducing him um, <laughs> and she's like it's not about you it's not about me it's kind of well what is it about just sex i suppose is kind of what she's getting at it's got that's how it felt has she then is kissing his shoulder or his arm that's injured puts his finger in her mouth i immediately was thinking covid covid (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking his hand either tastes like dirt sweat and covid or it tastes like hand sanitizer he's been touching the nuts at the bar (laughs) (laughs) if you ever there's like a statistic that nuts in bars that are like that are like actually 60 percent (laughs) urine yeah never eat them ever 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 i mean they probably don't exist anymore probably not allowed them just because too many people have died from them (laughs) just ingesting urine piss other people's piss (laughs) One time I was at a, when I was at a bar and I was at a, a urinal, a urinal. Um, you say urinal or urinal? Urinal. Sure. 
and uh, and someone was in the urinal urinal next to me, which I just I feel uncomfortable with it. Don't you? Especially when there's like ten urinals, let's say, and you're peeing in one, and there's nobody else in any of the other ones, and someone chooses to use the one next to you. They broke the rules. There's a, there's a rule. It's an unwritten rule, but you have to be at least one away. Of course. Everybody knows that. But what if there's ten and you're on one at the end and they come and use the one next to you? Is that not concerning? That's a little bit weird. So anyway, I'm at a urinal and uh, someone's peeing and uh, they're like peeing so hard it splashes out of the urinal and onto my trainers. <laughs> Do you know what's worse than that? I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I'm being serious. It was summer. I was wearing shorts, and some of it splashed on my leg. Oh, I bet that set off some OCD moments. Well, you know what I'm like. You're like raging. I, I'm, it's lucky I have a leg still. <laughs> <laughs> Just tug it off. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. Oh gosh. So you think they had sex on there? Because I mean, she takes her bra off. Um, and I mean, so it looks like they're, you know, gonna, I, I was thinking they're gonna get disorientated. I think you're gonna get dizzy on there. She's mounted him. Mm-hmm. But they are spinning. Mm-hmm. I think they had sex. Mm. And it will come out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it has to, Doc. <laughs> They've got lives. <laughs> they have to go to school. Oh, God. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> what I meant to say is, Jake will find out, and it will cause tension between Jake and Lucas. It will then create further tension between Lucas and Peyton. Uh, it will create tension between Jake and Nikki, and everyone will be like super uncomfortable with each other. And then it might, it it might disrupt the balance with Peyton and Jake, but it might also push them closer together. I think it will probably make them feel a bit awkward with having her around. So, like, Jake might disappear again for a couple of... Well, won't disappear, but might not be at school and stuff because it's like, oh, she's around and I need to make sure she's not going to run away with the kid and stuff like that. I need to be around Jenny just to make sure she's safe and, and not, like, and Nikki doesn't run off with her. Um... But really, he wants to be, you know, out seeing Peyton or inviting Peyton around to have some pizza and watch a film. Okay, nice. Um, Nikki also, just to add in, Nikki ditches Lucas at the uh, at the cafe because he asks her to, to tell him a secret. And obviously, I guess the secret is that she has a daughter. So, um, yeah, so... Shall we move on to Nathan and Haley? Yes, let's move on to Nayley. I think I think we could just do we could probably do them separately. I think we could wrap up Haley really quickly. Um, she wants Cheryl Cheryl Crow tickets. She does. <laughs> she goes. She gets one stage better. She does. She gets a mini concert. I mean, before we get to that part, she's look. She wants to buy these tickets on eBay. Nathan says you can come over to my house as I have DSL. I'm assuming DSL means broadband. Yeah, like, you know, like fast super fast internet. internet yeah. But because it used to be, a- I gets... remember ADSL. 
ADSL okay. used to be like super fast broadband before like we had super fast broadband, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but who gets those tickets, Dom? No one gets those tickets. Sniper. Snipers. That's still a thing. eBay snipers are still a thing. They wait till the final second and, and do it. I do it. <laughs> With bits of concrete. That four bits of concrete. Four bits of concrete. No, no, again, my <laughs> phonetics. It's all flashbacks. Give me the chips. I'm saying F O R four pieces of concrete. Not F O U R. That you have multiple yeah, pieces what- of concrete. Yeah, at least we're not doing something that's literally just speaking. <laughs> just walking. Four bits of concrete. Um, so that's kind of really... And then we've spoken about her other part of uh, being in the, the cafe and having that the meal. And then I think the final part is Cheryl Crow comes into the cafe at the end. Which as soon as she walked in, I was like, that's Cheryl Crow. What the... Oh my God, she's actually... This seems to happen. Like we've had Gavin DeGraw, yeah. now Cheryl Crow. Mm-hmm. We haven't had anyone else yet, have we? No. Well, like, uh, Haley sang. Well, well uh, yeah, other but, than Haley yeah. singing, but I'm like, who else is gonna appear? Who, who are they suddenly gonna like? I like Iron Maiden. <laughs> Iron Maiden turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna do a concert in Carolina, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? So she comes in and says, "Can you get two cups of coffee?" And Haley says, "Sing yeah, for it, one... bitch." <laughs> one song per cup. I, I mean, we know that it's just written in so we can get Cheryl Crow performing. But I mean, and then she gives a really good performance of a song again that I really liked. It's the name of the episode, and uh, I downloaded it. I and mean, what did you think of the performance, the song, the scene? I think the song was originally written by Cat Stevens. Um, and has been performed by Cat Stevens. It's quite famously performed by Rod Stewart in like in the seventies. So written in the sixties, performed by Rod Stewart in the seventies. I, I I cannot stand Rod Stewart. So this version by Cheryl Crow was like a million times better than than that will ever be. So is Cat is Cat Stevens the one for Mess Club Seven? No. <laughs> There's Cat, Cat Stevens. She's in S Club Seven, isn't she? That's Rachel Stevens. Ain't no party, ain't no party like an S Club party. That's Rachel Stevens. Okay, different, 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 different Stevens. Stevens. <laughs> Even Stevens. <laughs> anyway, it was a really good performance of the song. I thought it was very good, hmm. and yeah, well done. Well done, well done, Cheryl. Song of the episode, definitely. There was another one called yeah. "Home." It was a Cheryl Crow song called "Home" that was playing uh, in, when Peyton was at home. Believe it or not, she was listening to Cheryl Crow, uh, and that that was a good song as well. But we'll go with the live performance at the end was the best. Excellent. So that's Haley. I guess there's not really much to predict there, right? It's just. It's not really much happened for her in this episode. Haley's bit of an enabler, but but in a in a like Nathan needs to know his rights, and I'm gonna like push him to to do this kind of way. So it's like you know you could be emancipated from your parents. Here's all the documentation you need. 
And it's, you know, she did that before with you need to know your rights and he gets to pick what parent he gets to live with. And that's that's all been Haley. Nathan's not smart enough for that. So Macaulay Culkin did it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to sell my parents. <laughs> well, uh, that's true. And um, she also, she gets told off a bit by Peyton where... She's Haley says something like, "Oh, ten points for Haley." You know, I told you that was going to happen. Peyton's sort of like, "Yeah, shut up, Haley." Or something. <laughs> she doesn't say that, but okay. Nathan, and then Nathan kind of sort of, uh, you know, bleeds into Dan and Deb. Um, but Nathan is being bribed by Dan with a car, a Mustang. Really nice which Mustang. Is nice. Really nice. I thought that, so when he gives him the car and Nathan's saying, like, you're trying to buy me, you're trying to bribe me, and then uh, Nathan puts his bag down and then gets in the car and drives off, I saw that and thought, oh, is that a mistake, a filming mistake? And I thought, I bet Dom has noticed this as well. Uh, did you notice it on your first watch? Uh, I saw him put the bag down, yeah, and I thought, oh, he's, he's leaving his bag there, that's, that's weird. And then Dan turns up with it. Yeah. So it was so like, fair good. enough device yeah um so yeah dan's sort of trying to bribe him and deb is still being dishonest about her secret um that then later gets revealed while it looked like nathan was playing is it like sx tricky or something you know snowboarding game it was a snowboarding game but i, I don't know what one it was he's playing his snowboarding game Deb re- reveals the secret which, that she had an affair. Which I'd I'd mentioned the affair before. Yeah, you called it. I, Give credit where it's due. You said that you thought it was going to be an affair. <laughs> so I was, I was quite pleased with that. That Well, not that she had an affair, but that I, I guessed it. And that she'd found life with Dan so difficult and she'd found love elsewhere and she's going to run away. And that's how it was going to impact on Nathan is that he she was going to leave and, and run off. Uh, and we, we find out from Nathan that that was like his most difficult time ever because Dan was so horrible to him mm. over that whole and that Deb was going to abandon him, abandon them. Yeah. And Did you think it was a fair response from Nathan? Well, he comes, eventually he gets all upset, goes, you know, back and forth, doesn't he? Finds out from... Haley about his options because <laughs> she's like well actually she's the one that says you know you can divorce your parents and goes and get, gets him a, an appointment with a lawyer um, and when he turns up with the paperwork and he hands it to Deb and says like read that sign that I know my rights kind of thing I've seen a lawyer they, they think I've got a case how does it feel to be abandoned you know like you did to me kind of thing and, and that was really harsh that was like what a moment and watching Deb just sort of break down. It was, it was a good good moment for for Barbara Allen Woods. Mm. I thought um I thought she she played that very well. But then she kind of goes off to Dan and is like, Read this, he wants to, you know, emancipate from us and what have we done kind of thing. So it's all a bit weird. But he knows now, mm-hmm. so she's got nothing to fear now. It's out. It's true. So she's cats out of the bag. Yeah, she can say, "Look, don't don't do this. Life could be easier. The the secret's out. I understand how you feel, but you know, he'll go for a period of time 
eventually of feeling like crap and feeling like he needs to get away from it all so yeah yeah uh but again goes back to your point of being forthright with the truth um you know disables any of this stuff happening hells yeah so should we talk about dan and keith you called it my friend i said it i said it a few episodes ago that you said it last episode oh, the last episode sorry that dan is gonna offer to buy it keith's gonna fall for it and then he's gonna turn up and there'll be some sort of manager there that he has to report to he's just gonna be a bod like a member of staff and that is it. It's going to be this pipe dream sold to him. And it will all be bollocks. And it happened. I was so happy that it happened. And that I was right. But I was also gutted for Keith Because Keith is like the main man. And he's saving lives. And well, driving into <laughs> oncoming traffic. But you know. He, he's good with it's it. Causing deaths and saving lives. I mean he's good with it. Because he, he wasn't over the limit. So it's fine. We kind of accepted that last week. <laughs> Uh, I just I felt really bad for Keith, but uh, some really good moments, and that he felt like being screwed over, and he's going to walk away from it. And Dan just being Dan, going, "You walk away, you don't have a job. This place is mine now. You've signed the contract. Fuck you, brother. I've got you back." But he's got him back for nothing other than bringing Lucas to the team and fucking everything up for everyone. So really, it's all Keith's fault. But Keith, you know, is you know paying the price now. Thoughts? It. Well, my thoughts are, is it's like Cain and Abel. If your younger brother is jealous, he may betray you. Bible. But it is. <laughs> it's what it is. It's Pre-Shakespeare. Young, you know, your younger bro- if your younger brother is jealous, he may betray you. And that is basically what's happening. But, I mean... I, when you said it on the last episode, your prediction, I was like, wow, it's bang on. I was like, you better not be cheating me, Dom. No. You better not be watching ahead and cheating me. I wouldn't do that to you, and I wouldn't do that to myself, because it, it would really annoy me. I know. You're too honest a guy. <laughs> too... But uh, he sells it to him really well, Dan does, you know. You know, I'll pay you a fair salary. I'll pay market value on the, on the property. You know, when it's profitable, I'll even let you buy it back. Like, it sounds like what a brother would do for a brother, you know. But, yeah, and then there he is. The, he's rebranded it. He didn't even... He's changed the name. Dan Scott's Annex, is it? Something like that, yeah. Uh, but I, I think I mentioned that as well in the last episode, saying that he would make it part of his... Um. What's it? What's his thing? Motors. Dan's got motors. Yeah, motors. part of his showroom. Yeah. And, um, it would be some sort of like linked business as well. So, I mean, he's a smart businessman. He's he's going to do these things, isn't he? He is smooth though with it, isn't he? He is smooth with it. <laughs> but okay, so uh, and then Keith, he goes, he goes, he signs it. Um, he's still he's pretty rude to Dan when he's signing it. I did think it's a bit rude, but he explains it. Dan's sort of like, "Why are you being like this?" And he's like, "Because I'd known you my whole life." Well, I think it's and justified by it. the end, though, isn't it? Those comments, yeah, absolutely, yeah. like deserves what he said because he's right. 
it did happen exactly what he, he thought was going to happen in that he got screwed over and Karen when she went to see Keith to see if, she, if he'd seen Lucas she says I hope you're not going to do anything stupid that you're going to regret you know don't make a big mistake just because you've paid this medical bill I'll pay you back but he's like no 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 it's, it's fine it's not stupid it's it's all like straight up it's all good it's legit it's legit it's legit I'm legit I'm going Dude. legit too legit to quit. Had a boy, I'm going legit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean that, that's the second time Karen, like Karen's moments in this episode, are really good with like Luke dealing with Lucas and stuff like that. But then, her, like business acumen, like kicking in, she turns around mm. and says, "Hey mate, don't do anything stupid. You know, even if you're going legit, it ain't gonna be that legit." You know, she sort of walks away from that moment. And then later on, she says to Deb, you know, you've run this place really well. Let's partner up. Mm. Let's partner up. Mm. Let's partner up. Let's partner up. Let's make that, just, make that happen. Partner up. She's on the Monopoly board hype, isn't she? She's trying to put, like, hotels on Mayfair and Park Lane and all that stuff. Absolutely. Smart. It is. <laughs> um... And then I think that's kind of all of them. And then we can kind of wrap it back with the only bit we haven't talked about is Whitey has the has a second chat with Lucas where it's like apology accepted because Lucas says that he wants him to replace him on the team um, with a shooter and that, you know, he'll come back when he's able to, but it's, it's not fair on everyone else. And like you said, it shows the growth uh, of his character. So I think it's really good. It's just that moment of of Whitey feels like he's got through to him. He says the the biggest importance and the thing that's most important is the team and the team effort. And he's just hit the nail on the head by becoming a, a member of the team and really, really like taking on that team spirit. Because he he's saying to all the cheerleaders, "We need absolutely everyone involved in this now. You, you know, we've all got to work extra hard to make sure that we keep pushing and we keep winning." Um, and he sat around and said, yeah, replace me because it's the right thing to do. And, and his name's still going to be, you know, mentioned. He might not get a, a medal or award or whatever, but he's still going to be up there as scoring a lot of points to get him to, to the championship game. Excellent. Cool. So, anything else to say, my friend? I don't think Before so. Before we get to the judgments? No, I'm not, I don't think so. Then, if you would be interested in bonus content, and how could you not? We have extra bonus episodes. We have written extra material on there. We have the Mighty 90s bonus stuff, early release. You can find out all about how to find out about our Patreon and get involved by listening to this. Just became a raven. Hello and welcome to the Mighty 90s Podcast Network. Our network is made up of two podcasts. The Mighty 90s Movie and TV Podcast, a look back at 90s movies we grew up with. And The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast covering each individual episode of the show. All of our podcast episodes are free on all podcast platforms. But if you'd like to support us on our podcast journey, then we have free Patreon tiers with bonus content and ways to connect with us that we'd love to share with you. All of our Patreon tiers include all of our podcasts. The first tier, Junior Varsity. You receive one week early access on all of our podcast episodes. 
a patron shout out on the podcast, access to our monthly One Tree Hill bonus episode, exclusive access to non-90s movies that we will cover, and a 90s movie title of your choice on the wheel. Your movie title choice will be put on this wheel and at the end of each Mighty 90s episode we will spin the wheel and that will decide what movie we will cover next. The second tier, Varsity. All of the perks from Junior Varsity and you get to add a non-90s movie from any year to the wheel. And the final tier, Hall of Fame. If there is anyone out there that loves our work this much then we want to speak with you. So you get all of the previous perks and we will invite you to co-host an episode of the podcast with us. We appreciate any level of support from an Instagram follow to any of our Patreon tiers. We love doing this and we appreciate you all. Be gentle with us. And wear gloves. So, Dom, let's talk about our judgments. Who was your favourite performer of the episode now this is quite a difficult one because i i have two and i'm really trying to narrow it down to the one that we need to pick so i might need help i might need your help with this so i'm gonna ask okay. i'm gonna ask you first who was your favorite ask the audience performer? shall i tell you who my two are and then i'll go by whatever you decide like kind of what your thoughts are so, okay. so my two are James Lafferty. Good performance. And Paul Johansson. Ooh. So they're my they're, mm. they're my two for this episode. They play very different emotions, don't they? Because um, James Lafferty gets some of the, you know, you're trying to abandon us, mum, like that kind of stuff. And then I guess... Uh, Dan gets those moments of manipulation and being like the evil guy. Um, I'm actually going to say... Sophia Bush. <laughs> so it's not going to nice. help you at all. <laughs> I thought she was really good. Um, and I thought it was the bit at the end that really got me, which is like, I'm not your girlfriend. I'm not even your friend. Um, I thought she delivered all of that really well. I think James Lafferty and Paul Johansson were awesome as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that was who my choice is. So I'm sorry. I'm going to have to let you uh, struggle with that one on your own. What, what do you think? Uh, do you know what? I'm going to pick James Lafferty. Mm. I think his uh, turmoil and difficulty of accepting these bribes from his dad, you know, with the car and um, taking the paperwork to Debs and saying, like, how how does it feel to be abandoned, you know, and, and just getting those digs in, but still being really lovely with in, in the scenes with Haley, And he's just sort of performed all those different emotions really well. Um, so I'm going to give it to James Lafferty today. Nice. And who's your favourite character? Brooke. Oh, for what reason? Uh, she was strong in this one. Uh, she, you know, she, it, they could have gone the, down the typical road of watch the the sad film that's going to make her cry and get it all out. 
Um, but she had her cry in the last episode, and this episode was all about, like, fuck you, wasn't it? Just fuck you. Uh, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. strong, independent. I don't need you. I don't want to be your friend because you've just you've treated me like crap. So, fuck you. Fair enough. I, I I thought that was great. She was brilliant, by far, like the strongest character in the episode. I think, for me, for is especially for those reasons. What about you, my friend? Yeah, I agree. We, Nothing further needs to be said. Are we are we we're doubling we're up? Doubling up. Yeah. <laughs> Who was your favourite background performer? I am going to say Cheryl Crow's guitarist. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so probably That's a good call. Probably a regular member of her band, someone that you know has played with her for a long time. But he's just like, we'll we'll sing for coffee. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it going. So I'm going with him. Uh, I'm going to say the guy that uh, Brooks sat at the bar. And then the guy step, sits up and goes to sit in the, in the, uh, the chair next to her. And she's just like, nope. <laughs> I thought that. that. He didn't even get a line. So, yeah. That was fantastic. That was such a good moment. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, just no. What is your favorite song? I'm guessing it was a Cheryl Crow. You said the live performance, right? Yeah. Let's go with the title of the show, of the episode, sorry. First Cut is the Deepest. And... Last but not least. Oh, no. Your favourite line. I think it's going to be the one with uh, Brooke and Peyton at the bar where she says, I see all these pretty guys, you know, smiling and that. And all I want to do is punch their face in. And she looks at her and says, you can only, I bet you can imagine what I want to do to you. So it's that line uh, in particular yeah. stood out to me. I thought that was hilarious. Um, what about you? I like the line from Dan of, what did I do now? Save you wrong? <laughs> That's a good one. Really good one. I like that. <laughs> and then finally, the precious, precious rating. Do you have a number? And did you have it when watching? Did it increase, decrease from our conversation? I had a number when I, I watched the first episode. And then I watched it again. And it was the same number at the end, and it's the same number now. What about you? Did your number change? I have no solid from when I watched it to now. I think you'll be surprised. Um, I think you'll be surprised. I don't want to say why I think you'll be surprised until we've said our numbers. Okay. All right. Or which should we should we do it on three? The one, two, three, say at the same time. Okay. Let's do one, two, three, and say. Yeah. Okay, ready? Yeah. One, two, three, eight, nine. I thought you were going to be surprised because I've I've said some things that had like issue with this episode. Um, Like, so I thought you'd think it would be lower. So I had issue with saying Peyton and Jake were obnoxious saying that Nikki was obnoxious. Um, and actually, I like Peyton and Jake. I have to get this clear. I, I think they're obnoxious, but I like some obnoxiousness. I, I am very obnoxious, like <laughs> I myself. I get it. Um, so I, even though I'm saying it, doesn't. I'm commenting on it. I'm not saying I don't like it. Actually, some of Jake and Peyton's interactions were some of my favourite things. Um, uh, I liked... 
the pizza and putting the film in and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Nikki, she's obnoxious, but she's meant to be. She's kind of antagonistic in some ways. I don't think we're supposed to like her. So I thought, she, I think the actress, I don't actually know her name off the top of my head, but I think she plays it really well. I think she does a really good job. She was one of, in contention for one of my performers. Um, yeah, but I think maybe not yet um, because we've just been introduced to the character. I thought it was really strong as an episode. I thought it had a cliffhanger, which you love a cliffhanger. You're all about cliffhangers, Dom. It had basketball in it. You love it. You love all of that. Uh, it had so many zingers, so many punchlines and quotables in it as well. Drama left us wanting more. It resolved a lot of things, but brought new things to the surface. We had Deb... Uh, talking about the secret the secret was revealed we had a mustang we had more whitey more of whitey's house i know you like to see whitey's house because you want to live in whitey's house you want to be whitey you wish you were whitey you're gonna get a cowboy hat so you can dress like whitey (laughs) this my friend is a nine the prosecution rests make your case my friend Okay, so bear with me here. The predictions, I got two pretty much spot on, spot on right. Keith, he's got a job, but it's not his anymore. It's not his garage. We knew that was going to happen. And Deb's his big secret predicted that. So I might have thrown in some other predictions with that as well, but that's pretty much there. So I was quite happy that they, they came through. Some really good performances in the whole episode. So, Paul Johansson, James Lafferty, Sophia Bush, um, all of them. All of them were great. Um, some really good character moments. And it's it's nice to hear you saying that, you know, these characters are obnoxious, but, you know, you didn't say at any point you didn't enjoy that. So, I, I completely see that. I agree. Um, it's good to have characters that are like that and, and bring that kind of edgy, difficult side to it as well. So, my number is eight, but I think on the balance of things and with you explaining that so well, that I am going to change my number and I'm upgrading to a nine. The first cut is the deepest. (laughs) Chips, 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 <laughs> give me chips. I want chips, all the chips. You got all the chips, my man, all the chips. No, good hustle. That's good. We'll mark this one down in the books as a nine. If you agree, you disagree with our rating, let us know, argue with us. We want to have it. Come at us. We want to do this. We'll duel with you in the desert. You can contact us by email at the mighty 90s 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 the mighty 90s podcast at gmail.com you can send us emails about anything let us know we'd love to interact you can hit us up on social media dom at ravens podcast on instagram please you know leave leave us messages look at our pictures do whatever simon filters through everything and and you know screens quite heavily what i am and aren't allowed to see there's probably loads of really lovely things people have written about both of us that he won't share with me um but keep doing that it's great paul johansson follows it and he loves it so he messages us all the time 
I'm like, Paul, give us a minute. <laughs> trying to trying to work, Paul. Okay. Yes, we will have you on at some point, but just relax. We've got nine seasons. Ah, <laughs> uh, Paul. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, leave a review, subscribe, rate, all of that good stuff. And what am I missing? I'm missing something. Ravens on three. Is that just Ravens on three? That's it. <laughs> We've got some good guests coming up as well on the podcast. We have some Patreon members that are going to come on and co-host. We're going to do an episode with Ingrid, Alyssa and Michelle from the It Takes Free podcast network. We're really looking forward to that. So all cool and exciting things to come. Ravens on three, Dom? Ravens on three, yeah. You count or I count? Uh, I'll count. Okay. And how do you want me to do it? Uh, I want you to go all in. You always get. You always say all in. Okay. Can uh, I? Can I like wh- whisper it like as if we had to do it, and but we're keeping it chill. Okay, I'll do the same then. Okay. Okay. But the the, the but it got to be hype in the count, and then. What? what yeah. What, what? You ready? Right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Pumped. Pumped. Come on. Pumped. Ravens are free. Yeah. One, two, three. Ravens.